Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. God is with us. God is here drawing us together in this time of worship. Welcome to today's service from Grace United Church. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. A couple of announcements for this week. Please note that in-person worship will resume on Sunday, March 7th with the COVID-19 safety restrictions previously in place. We ask that you phone the church office to reserve your spot by Thursday at 4 p.m. and that to know that you are required to wear a mask while in the church building. For more information, please visit our church website or contact the church office. Beginning next week, at the end of the service, we will be showing photos of what people have been doing during this pandemic. We invite you to email your photo to the church office along with your name and the name of anyone else in the photo. Please make sure that you have permission of anyone else in the photo. Ideas include a photo of you watching the church service from home, taking part in an online group, undertaking a hobby, or out for a walk. Let's celebrate that while we may be physically separated, we are still a community united in God's love. For more information about various online events from Grace United, including activity groups, ukulele for children and adults, Sunday coffee time, book club and our Lent study, and more, please subscribe to our church email list or call the church office. Last week during our service, we placed a rainbow beside our Christ candle as a reminder of the covenant of unending love that is told in the story of Noah. Today we have added stars. We are reminded that creation is vast and diverse, yet we are all connected in the covenant of belonging that is told through the story of Sarah and Abraham. We all belong to the great big family of God. And as we enter into this time of worship, we remember that for thousands of years, indigenous people have walked on this land and that their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and spirituality. We recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, 
Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the Church has played in an ongoing history of colonization and oppression. We pray that God may ever lead us in building right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship. Hi everyone, it's the Bullocks in New Zealand. We just wanted to let you know that we're thinking of you always. You're in our thoughts and prayers. We hope that you are all well. And we wanted to um, light this Christ candle. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Amen. Lots of love. <laughs> Let us call one another to worship. We are the body of Christ. The hand clapping, toe tapping, heart pumping, mouth tasting, arms embracing, justice seeking, hymn singing, love making, bread breaking, risk taking, body of Christ. Baptized by one spirit, we are members of one body many and varied in gender, color, sexuality, age, class, and ability. None of us can say to another, I have no need for you, for only together can we find wholeness. None of us can say to another, I will not care for you, for we are connected like muscle and bone. If one suffers, we all suffer. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. Thanks be to God, who in Christ has made us one. Let us worship God. And we join in our prayer of approach. Let us pray. Holy God, creator and sustainer of all, we gather as your beloved children, not a community of perfection, but people filled with many needs, longings, and failures. We name into this silence what weighs heavy on our hearts and the places that need your healing touch. Time and time again, we are assured of your grace, your unconditional love that brings us strength to continue in our journey as disciples of Christ. Bless this time of worship, that it may nourish us throughout this, season, this Lenten season and in all the days of our life. Amen. Today's Minute for Mission is LGBTQ Two-Spirit Global Consultation. Our gifts for mission and service support the work of LGBTQ Two-Spirit Justice and Global Partnership. Here's a story from the shores of Lake Kuchiching, Ontario, on the territory of the Chippewas of Rama First Nation. In late 2017, about 40 LGBTQ people, two-spirit people and straight and cisgender allies gathered from 11 countries to support one another and work toward the inclusion of people of all sexual orientations and gender identities in all parts of the world. Two-Spirit participants provided leadership, guiding the group in lighting the sacred fire, leading sunrise ceremonies, a talking circle, and evening gatherings, 
and sharing teachings about two-spirit identities. Participants were cared for by the sacred fire and the fire keepers, receiving a gift beyond compare. They also learned about the role that colonialism plays in the oppression of LGBTQ two-spirit people. One of the two-spirit participants shared, to be given the honor of being the doorway keeper for the circle and the conduit within the circle to the pathway of the sacred fire, thank you. Against deep odds, we heard that changes are happening all over, step by step, life by life. We give thanks for the gifts of Two-Spirit people, the work of our global partners, and the ministry of Affirm United. If mission and service giving is already a regular part of your life, thank you so much. If you've not given, please join me in making mission and service giving a regular part of your life of faith. Loving our neighbor is at the heart of our mission and service. Today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Today's Gospel reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 8. Jesus predicts his death. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. 
What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Bless this reading to our understanding. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be blessed by God. How do you feel when you look up into the sky on a clear night and you see the stars? Humans have long had a deep pulling towards the night sky. The stars have been used to tell holy stories and explore our place in creation. People have looked up into the night sky and wondered, are we alone? What is it like out there? What does it mean to be a part of something so vast? How did it all come into being? Many of us were reminded of this when on February 18th, NASA's rover Perseverance landed on Mars to explore signs of ancient living organisms on the planet, to collect rock and soil samples, and to test new technology. Once more, we are drawn out into the cosmos. As people of the Bible, when we stare up into the night sky filled with stars and planets, we are invited to think of a story, a story of God's covenant. We are invited to think about the story of Sarai and Abram, who are the matriarch and patriarch of our faith. While Genesis includes many stories, including the stories of creation, Adam and Eve, and Noah's Ark, to name just a few. The story of the nation, the family of faith, takes off with Abram and Sarai. Genesis tells the story of these two being called when Abram is 75 years old, being called to leave their home, to set off to a new land where they will begin a mighty new nation and a new faith. They set off on this journey facing famine and danger, and they have to rely on cunning and deceit, but they become prosperous. And when they reach the place where they will establish their new tribe. However, there is a problem. Sarai and Abram do not have children, and they are unable to have children. One night, Abram stands outside in the cool evening under the star-filled sky, certain that the promise God made to them all those many years ago will not come true. There will be no new tribe, no great family rooted in God's blessing. That's when God says to Abram, look towards the heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. So shall your descendants be. The passage we hear today takes place at least another 13 years later, 
God appears once again to Abram and the promise becomes a covenant, a holy relationship. Once again, the promise is spoken. Sarai and Abram will have children and their descendants will be connected in a holy covenant with God and the practices associated with it. God gives them new names, Abraham and Sarah. A holy miracle will happen and they will welcome their child Isaac into the world. Just as the rainbow will always tell of the story of God's covenant of unceasing love with Noah and his descendants, the star-filled sky will speak of God's covenant of belonging made with Abraham and Sarah. What are the, some of the core needs in life? What makes for a good life, a full life, a healthy life? Researcher, writer, and public speaker, Dr. Brene Brown has come to the conclusion that belonging is a core need for humanity. She defines belonging this way. She writes, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. We all have a deep and collective core need to know that we are accepted, loved, and valued for who we are. We need to feel secure in our own life and to have others around us know us and love us. Just as belonging is a core need, it is also something that many of us struggle with. There are self-doubts, past traumas and negative experiences that can cause us to struggle with a sense of true belonging and make us feel separate from others. There are painful realities like bullying, discrimination, prejudice and exclusion that can tell us that we don't belong, that we don't fully belong. There are the internal feelings of not belonging that are born out of the difficulties that we face and that we try to hide from others that make us feel alone. This pandemic that we've been living with for almost a year now has been a difficult time for many of us. In a recent edition of the magazine Psychology Today, there was an article exploring how the pandemic is affecting people's connections to one another. The conclusion is pretty shocking. The research found that this pandemic hasn't caused a loneliness crisis because we were already living in a loneliness crisis. What is happening during this pandemic is that we are becoming more aware of how many of us are lonely. This pandemic has cut us off from one another and while people are finding ways to connect to family and friends, many of us are also losing touch with those who are on the peripheries of our lives. 
the people we see regularly at the gym or at church or in a choir or service club, at restaurants and coffee shops. Many people are lonely and are struggling with a sense of true belonging, struggling to find true belonging. As a people of faith, we are asked, how do we respond? How does our faith speak into these deepest of human needs? When I hear scripture readings, like the one we hear today, I try to imagine how the stories have been told throughout the ages. The Bible, like so many other sacred stories, is set in the past, but it always speaks into our present lives. These stories, for the most part, for most of their history, were passed along orally, even after they were written down. They were told within families and within communities. Imagine it. Kids, see that rainbow? I have a story for you of God, of a man named Noah and a great flood. I like to imagine today's story being told around a fire in the evening under the stars. Look up at the stars, see how many there are. We all belong to a family as numerous as those stars, and we are part of a great family connected to God and one another through an ancient promise and a covenant. Listen to the story of the great matriarch and patriarch, Sarah and Abraham. The story of Abram and Sarai is a story for their descendants. It is a sacred story that tells all who come after that they belong. They belong to the family of God. They belong to a family rooted in holy promise and an unbreakable covenant. They belong. It is a sacred story that says God is with them in relationship with them, leading them even when life feels like a dead end, even when it feels as if God is absent or that God's promise, God's promises cannot come true. Where the covenant of the rainbow in the story of Noah is about God's unceasing love, the covenant of the stars told in the story of Abraham and Sarah is the covenant of belonging. Drawing on Brene Brown, church consultant and educator Betty Prees points out that we who are part of churches are primed to meet the need for true belonging. At the core of our faith is the message that we belong, fully belong. In our faith, we declare that each and every one of us is a child and a beloved of God. We declare that all are made in the image of God. We declare that we are all part of God's great family and that we belong. And yes, while we, turn away, we can turn away from our relationship at times, while we can take part directly or indirectly in acts that go against our calling to love God, love creation, and love ourself, we are also assured that absolutely nothing severs our relationship with God or erases the image of God within us 
or removes us from God's beloved family. In the church, we celebrate the great diversity that the Apostle Paul declared as the body of Christ. And when we nurture this type of inclusive relationship in the church, it be brings healing into our lives and into our world. Look at the stars. Our reading from Genesis says, and see your place within the covenant of belonging. Know that you are part of God's immense and diverse and beloved family. We fully and truly belong. We belong to God. We belong in relationships of love and justice with one another. We are called to live in this covenant and to live out this covenant. We are called and equipped to the daring discipleship we hear in today's gospel, where Jesus calls his followers to join him in the work of healing by standing up against systems that oppress, exclude, and dehumanize, even when it is difficult, even when it's dangerous. We belong, and we are called to create a church, a community, and a world where all know that they truly belong, that they are beloved children of God, made in God's image, part of God's big, beautiful family. Friends, may we look up into the night sky, count stars, and know that we are part of the covenant of belonging, part of God's beloved and diverse family. Let us share this good news and create a world of belonging for all. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in prayer. God ever-present, you join us in a covenant of belonging and lead us in a ministry of hospitality and compassion. Through this Lenten journey and in all the moments of our life, help us to be mindful of the rich blessings of this life. We give you thanks for this new day, for the love that surrounds us, for the beauty of nature, for the ways in which we remember that while we may be physically distant, your spirit draws us together as community. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the gifts of time, talent, love, prayer, and money that are shared by so many and that enrich our community of faith's ability to be a center of worship and compassion. Bless these gifts and guide their use. We hold in our prayers all who are feeling lonely, all who are struggling for a sense of belonging. God, hear our prayers. We pray for all who care for others, for ministers, teachers, parents, social workers, healthcare workers, caregivers, friends. God, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are ill, for all living with life-changing health issues, for all who are undergoing treatment or care, and for all who are dying. God, hear our prayers. We pray for all who are struggling during this pandemic, 
We pray for guidance in the ways we can be a support to one another and guidance in the way we can reach out to others when we need compassion and friendship. God, hear our prayers. We pray for Dr. Ian Era, Dr. David Williams, Dr. Teresa Tam, and all who work in public health and all who help shape policy. God, hear our prayers. We offer now our individual prayers to you. God, hear our prayers. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. February is Black History Month, a month dedicated to the stories of struggles and accomplishments of the Black community. The story I'm going to share is one of an early Black settlement in Normanby Township the remains of which is the smallest cemetery in the township. If you try to find, <clears throat> find the cemetery, you will have a difficult challenge, as it is located behind a large grove of trees on a side road northwest of Mount Forest. I grew up about three miles from this cemetery and was not aware of its existence until a few years ago. The cemetery contains just two headstones, the rest possibly having been carried away as souvenirs or crumbled over time. The two names remaining are those of Thomas Gant, who died in 1855, his wife Janet, who died in 1851, and his second wife, who died in 1856. The Gants belonged to a little community of escaped American slaves who probably arrived here via the Underground Railroad. Theirs was one of the largest black families in the neighborhood, as well as the family of Charlie Travis. At the front of the lot where the little cemetery stands, there was a church and nearby was a little hollow forming a natural amphitheater in the middle of a 10-acre field. On Sunday evenings, the families would gather here for the religious meeting and spiritual singing. Thomas Gant's son Caleb owned the land on which the cemetery stood, and the land was finally sold in the late 1800s. It wasn't until 1990 that the Normanby Council set the remaining two stones belonging, belonging to the Thomas Gant family in a monument on the graveyard site on the northeast corner of Lot 50, Concession 3. Because there is no roadside sign marking this cemetery, one has to be very determined if they wish to see it in person. More information can be found in the Normanby Reflections, Volume 2, History Book. Friends, as we end this time of worship, may God bless us and keep us. May God inspire us to always remember that we are part of the beautiful and diverse family of God. Let us go to love God, love our neighbor,
love creation, and love ourselves. Go in peace and go with God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6.